Good morning, everyone. It is lovely to be here this morning. It's, it's really good to see you all. Um, Emma is so sorry she can't be here this morning. Um, she is with sick children at home, so you really don't want to see them today. Um, but she was gutted to miss out on being here this morning. Um, we are so thankful for your support and encouragement to us um, with the past three years, and I know you will continue to do that. Um, you've prayed for us so faithfully. Um, you, you've given to the Craigavon Church financially, and I know you continually show interest, get updates in what we're doing, and all those expressions of love really mean so much to us. It was just Church's Council yesterday, and I think from, from moving to Craigavon, I've really seen the, the strength of the association and, and how um, fortunate we are to have that family of churches, and the way you've cared for us has just been such a, a visible display of that. So thank you all. And you can be assured that the folk in Craigavon do pray for you regularly as well, and I do hope you will find encouragement from that. Um, this morning, we are going to turn to Isaiah 9. Um, I'm going to read those, um, two of those verses again and a little more that Kyle shared with us earlier. Um, over the next few weeks in Craigavon, we're, we're looking at the four names or titles given to Jesus um, from Isaiah 9, verse 6. So this morning, I'm going to think with you um, about Wonderful Counselor. But let's turn to Isaiah 9, and we'll read from verse 1, um, just through to verse 6. <clears throat> so Isaiah 9, and verse 1. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts 
will do this. Let's pause as we pray and ask for God's help as we come to his word. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the privilege it is to meet around your word. And as we do that just now, we ask for the help of your Holy Spirit. May you lead us into truth this morning. May you lead us um, to the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Show us again um, who Jesus really is. Show us his greatness, his worth. Show us your glory this morning in your word. And may you change us from within, we pray, even to be more like Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. The demand for counselling services today is ever increasing. It's thought the demand doubled um, from 2020 to 2021. I don't know how much COVID impacted that, but even through the past number of years, um, the demand for counselling has been rapidly increasing. People are seeking counsel, direction, guidance in life. People are reaching out for help with problems. People are hoping for a brighter future. Northern Ireland statistics and research agency shows us that only 36% of people living in Northern Ireland would say they have high level of satisfaction in life. 42% would say they feel life is worthwhile and 40% would say they feel happy in life. Now, to put those the other way, or in the negative, if you like, 64% of people living in Northern Ireland feel little to no satisfaction in life. Um, 68% of people feel life is not worthwhile. And 60% of people feel sad. We're pretty miserable. Now, statistics don't tell us everything, but they do point us to something. And really, this is a pretty gloomy and dark picture. And the picture in Isaiah's day was no different. It was gloomy and it was dark for God's people with little hope for the future. Now, the kingdom of Israel at this stage is already divided. There's the northern kingdom known as Israel or Ephraim, including 10 tribes. Then there's the southern kingdom, Judah, including the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. Now, Isaiah is speaking to all Israel, but with a focus on Judah and the southern kingdom. And the first 12 chapters of Isaiah, he is speaking specifically to Judah. Now, the passage we are focusing on in chapter 9 is before exile, and the king in Judah is King Ahaz. And we read of him in 2 Kings 16 that Ahaz did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And we will see that through the words of Isaiah. 
And through chapters 7 to 9, the big question is, will Ahaz and his people trust God? Will they trust God? In chapter 7, we see Israel, the northern kingdom, they have joined forces with Syria against Judah. And when Judah heard of this, we read in chapter 7, verse 2, the heart of Ahaz and the heart of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake before the wind. They were terrified. But God sent his word to Ahaz through the prophets, and God said to Ahaz, just trust in me. Trust in God. If you trust in God, you'll be okay. Just keep steady, keep going, keep trusting. And the Lord spoke to Ahaz another time and invited Ahaz to ask the Lord for a sign. But Ahaz refuses to ask for a sign. And we read in chapter 7, 14, so Ahaz refuses to ask for a sign. And then we read, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So this sign would come to Ahaz as judgment because of his refusal to trust God and follow his word. And instead of trusting God, Ahaz trusted in the nations. Again, we can read the details of this in 2 Kings 16. Ahaz sent word to the king of Assyria and said, I am your servant and your son. Come up and rescue me from Syria and Israel. Ahaz put his trust in the very ones who would later invade Judah and take them captive. Ahaz did not trust God, and chapter 8 makes it clear the people did not trust him either. They rejected his counsel, they rejected his word and his wisdom. In fact, they even inquired of mediums before the Lord. And this all brought them to a place of deep darkness. We read in, in chapter 8, verse 22, God's people will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish. You see, the very existence of God's people here is under threat. They are insecure. They are uncertain about the future. They are lacking wise guidance and direction. They've made everything wrong, and they couldn't make everything right again. But we move into chapter 9, and upon this darkness, there comes a light. Let's look at verses 1 and 2 again. Let's read those together. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. 
In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. But in the later time, in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. And in verse 6, the sign that God will give will be a child. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. See, the people of God, they are in a mess because they have ignored the wise counsel of God. And right back in chapter 1 of Isaiah, verse 26, God promises to restore the people's counselors. Here in chapter 9, we see that a wonderful counselor, different to all the others, will be born, who will bring light, who will bring guidance, who will bring a hopeful future. Isaiah is a book of real contrasts, and as I was thinking about it, it reminded me of the famous words of, of Charles Dickens. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of unbelief. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. See, God's people, they were in the worst of times, and yet as you read through Isaiah, you see hope of the best of times to come. God's people, they were offered the very wisdom of God, and yet they foolishly chose to reject that wisdom. God's people, they could believe God's word and trust him, or they could reject God's word and trust the nations. God's people were in darkness, and yet there was light at the end of the tunnel. God's people were in despair, and yet there is hope of a brighter future. God's people had everything before them in salvation, and nothing before them in judgment. Now, of course, the child that is spoken of is Jesus Christ, the one who was born in Bethlehem. The gospel writers make it very clear that Jesus is the one Isaiah spoke about. So when Luke 1, as the angel came to the Virgin Mary, the angel said, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. 
In these words from Isaiah, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Further in Luke 1, as Zechariah is speaking about God's salvation, he says that this salvation will give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, that salvation will guide our feet into the path of peace. We see in Matthew 4 that Jesus begins his public ministry in Galilee by the sea, in the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali. Now, why is that? Matthew explains to us, so that what was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Jesus himself said in John 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, Jesus Christ is the wonderful counselor. He is the one who is the wisdom of God. The one to direct and guide and lead his people to a bright and glorious future. The word wonderful in Isaiah um, simply means the, the ability to work supernatural signs. The word counselor means, probably as we would expect, um, one who advises, one who instructs, I quote one commentator, one who guides us through problems from a position of authority. See, Jesus came for people with problems. Isn't that good news? He, he came with supernatural signs proving he was the only one who would be able to fix and to solve our greatest problems. And we know his birth itself was supernatural. The virgin conceived and gave birth to the eternal son of God. He came down to earth from heaven who is God and Lord of all. And his shelter was a stable and his cradle was a stall. With the poor and mean and lowly lived on earth our savior lowly. See, Jesus Christ entered into earth and so entered into the lives of the poor, the mean, and lowly. He entered into people's problems and brought the solution, brought light, and brought hope. If we think of the miracles of Jesus through the Gospels, those supernatural signs of Jesus we see that each one was Jesus entering into a problem and bringing a solution. So he came to the blind, the mute, the crippled. Of course, the problem was obvious. 
and Jesus brought healing. When a crowd of thousands were hungry, Jesus sent them away full. As Jesus met with the woman at the well, a woman who was thoroughly dissatisfied in life, she left satisfied. As Jesus encountered a demon-possessed boy, the boy left free and at peace. And when Jesus came to the dead, a problem that is beyond help, the dead were raised to life. You see, each of these problems that we have mentioned, and many more, are a result of one bigger problem. And that was the same in Isaiah's day. Because the people's greatest problem, it wasn't military, it wasn't political, it wasn't economic. Their greatest problem, their root problem, was sin, rejecting God. And all those miracles of Jesus, of healing and restoration and satisfaction and peace, it's a window into the life we can have when our root problem of sin is fixed. And Jesus Christ, the wonderful counselor, is the only one who is able to fix our sin problem. You see, none of those miracles that we mentioned actually got to the root of our problem. But Jesus died on the cross, taking the punishment for our sin, dealing with the problem of sin once and for all. He was supernaturally raised to life again by the Spirit of God, giving us the hope and the assurance of life without sin and all its horrible consequences. Life without evil and suffering and death. Jesus really is a wonderful counselor. We read in 1 Corinthians 1 that Jesus Christ crucified is the wisdom and power of God. And so the first question we must ask this morning, will you trust in the wisdom of God that is Jesus Christ? Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 13, he says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. See, today you have a decision. Will you accept the wisdom of God and Christ, or will you foolishly reject God's wisdom? Will you have the assurance of a bright future in heaven with God, or the insecurity of an unknown future? Will you receive God's salvation or God's judgment? See, anyone who attends counseling, they know they have a problem and they have come to ask 
for help. See, today you need to know you have a problem of sin and turn to Jesus Christ as the only one who is able to bring the help you need. You see, there's nothing cute about a baby in a manger. As the sign of the baby acted as judgment to King Ahaz for his rejection of God, so today the baby in the manger is a sign of God's judgment to come. Because we will all face Jesus Christ, not in a poor lowly stable, but coming on the clouds of heaven as the judge of all the earth. Today, take the counsel of God. Choose wisdom. Put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And for those of us then who who have trusted in Christ, who are trusting in Christ, just want to take a moment and think what it means for us today that Jesus is our wonderful counselor. Perhaps for those of you suffering in specific and and varied ways, you know, when we go to someone for counsel, what we want is that they they understand us, they they get us. Often we, we'll know there's there's no quick fix, but we just want someone to understand. We read in Hebrews that when Jesus was on earth, he suffered, even offering up loud cries and tears to his Father. Further, we read in Hebrews, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, as we go to Jesus for help in time of need, we go to one who understands, who gets us. We go to one who has lived this life, who knew poverty, who knew isolation and betrayal and ridicule, who knew what it was to stand at a grave and weep. And as he took the sin of the world upon himself, he suffered more grief and sorrow than anyone ever has. And yet because he suffered the greatest, he is qualified to be the greatest counselor, the most sympathetic, the most empathetic, the most understanding. And Jesus does not change. Don't think that you can go to him with your suffering today and he'll be understanding, but perhaps if you return with the same suffering and the same grief in a month or a year or even 10 years' time, well, he'll be done with understanding. No. You go to him in a month, you go to him in a year or 10 years' time, he will be no less sympathetic, no less understanding towards you. 
And as we go to the wonderful counselor with our sin struggles, we go to one who understands temptation better than any of us because he never gave in. He never sinned. And we go to one who has had victory over our sin and whose power is with us to fight sin in the here and now. Christ has entered into our lives through the Holy Spirit to be with us, to walk with us in every suffering and fight with us in every sin. Furthermore, Jesus, the wonderful counselor, continually prays for us. We read in Romans 8, who is to condemn us? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. We read in Hebrews 7, Christ is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. 1 John 1, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now we've got to wonder what exactly is Jesus praying for us to the Father? What exactly might he say? We don't know exactly. And we do know that when Jesus was on earth, he prayed for Peter that his faith would not fail in Luke 22. In the high priestly prayer that we have in John 17, Jesus prays that his followers would be protected from the evil one and that they would be sanctified. Now, while these don't tell us exactly what Jesus prays for us now, we do know that Jesus is completely consistent. He does not change. And so we can say his will and desire for his people does not change. And with that thought in mind and with the verses we have just referred to, I believe we can say that Jesus is interceding for us, that in every circumstance, we will have the assurance that nothing will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And as we struggle with sin and even give in to sin, we know that Jesus intercedes for us as our advocate defending us in our sin before the Father by his own righteousness. Perhaps he might even intercede that we would know again and again our standing before God cannot be shaken by anything we do, but is eternally secure on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. 
And we know that Jesus, one with his Father, can only pray the Father's purpose. And so we can be assured, we can be assured, we will be protected from the evil one. God will keep us. We will be completely sanctified. We will know full salvation. I have been for counselling on and off over a number of years, and probably the fact I return um, tells you that I never quite get to where I want to be. But you know, the great truth is that when we come to the wonderful counsellor, he will get us to where we want to be. His death and resurrection is the proof we will get the life we want. A life of freedom from sin's consequences. A life filled with satisfaction and joy and peace. What hope for the future we have. Let us pray together. Our Father and our God, we thank you again um, for Jesus Christ, our wonderful counsellor. Your eternal Son, who came to this earth to deal with our greatest problem of sin. We thank you for his life. We thank you for his death, dying in our place, that we could be freed from the curse of sin. Thank you for that you raised him to life again, giving us the proof and the assurance and the great hope of life forever without sin and all its horrible consequences. And Father, we pray that we would know the work of the wonderful counsellor in our lives today. We pray for those suffering in specific and varied ways, that they would know Christ's understanding, that they would know his sympathy, that they would know his presence with them by the Spirit. And as each of us battle and fight sin day by day. May we be assured of your power with us to fight sin. And may we know again and again that Jesus Christ is our advocate, our great defender before the Father. May we know our security is in his righteousness. Father, we thank you that our future is bright, our future is glorious because of Christ. And so may we continue to look to him. We thank you for him. Thank you for such a great savior. And we pray in his name. Amen.